Hello, Bill. Good morning, Matt. Welcome to the DMZ, everybody, where your Baltimore Orioles are safely ensconced in first place. Uh, two and a half games, I think, over the Tampa Bay Rays. So they haven't, they haven't clinched. They haven't clinched the division yet. They have clinched a certainly a wild card berth and a home field advantage and a wild card. They have not yet clinched the division at the pace they're going. Uh, it should be within a week. Very so. exciting. Um, uh, my New York teams apparently fell apart, so I haven't been paying close attention. Uh, we are nearing. We beat, we beat one of your Mets pitchers, uh, Justin Verlander. Yeah. Uh, the Orioles. I don't know if he technically got the loss, but the Orioles. Uh, took at least two so far from the Astros. So uh, times are good, Bill. Uh, let's enjoy it while we can. Because are you going to be going to any games at Camden Yards in the in the postseason? I don't know if I can afford it, Bill. The you know the Orioles won the World Series last in 1983. They haven't been in the postseason since I think 2016. This is the best Orioles team I've seen maybe in my lifetime. Uh, so we're talking thousands of bucks. To go to Camden Yards, so well, we'll. But it all sounds like a once in a generation opportunity. So well, it maybe. may be, and I've already uh, given notice that uh, the kids. I may have to pull the kids out of school for a few days. Uh, <laughs> for a few this. days, there will be some late nights, and uh, the chips will fall where they may. So do the kids care? Are they into it? They are, and you. Know, the cool thing is uh, that we watch instead of you know it's hard for a kid to sit through a three or four hour game, especially when they started eight o'clock at night. East Coast time, um, as they've been the last few nights because the game started in Houston. So every morning we watch the game recap, which is like a five minute version <laughs> where they summarize the you know nine innings, the best parts, and it's a great way to get kids into the game. And I tell you what, though, we're not talking about like you know one to nothing games, pitchers duels. I mean the Orioles are winning games like twelve to ten, so. <laughs> High-scoring games, uh, maybe that says something about our pitching staff, uh, but certainly there, our batters. Change, I, I'm not super up on it, but lots of rules have been changed, designed to improve scoring. Correct. Well, I'll tell you then the rules that that have, uh, the rules that I'm aware of, the rule changes are uh, there is a time limit now, so that pitchers can't just stand on the mound forever before they throw the ball. So the games are happening quicker. That's good for fans. There's also instant replay. I don't know if you remember, Bill, but about, um, I guess, in the late 90s, there was a very was heartbreaking for me uh, play where the Orioles were in the playoffs. They're playing against the Yankees. So this was like a wild card game or something. Uh, so they're playing in the Bronx. And Derek Jeter hit a ball to the warning track. Oriole outfielder camps under it. He's on the warning track, but he's going to make a fairly routine catch at the wall. And there's a kid who reaches oh. out. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey Mayer. Who, who from New York doesn't remember this? <laughs> he reaches out, pulls it back, clearly interference. They caught it a home run. And there was no, uh, you know, there was no way to challenge that. I mean, and so now we have instant replay in baseball. And that has helped the Orioles, by the way. Uh, and this and this uh, down through the stretch in this pennant run. Well, it sounds like whatever vacation plans you had, you just say, scrap the vacation, put the money into a few playoff seats, give your kids, you know, a once in a lifetime opportunity to be present at a, at a playoff game. It would be fun. I went to see the Orioles in the playoffs um, 
maybe seven years ago, they were playing the Kansas City Royals. And it's playoff baseball, Bill, is entirely different than regular. You know, there's 162 games in the season, so it's a slow it's, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's like you're sitting there eating hot dogs, drinking beer, regular season. Playoff baseball, we literally did not sit down the entire time. Mm-hmm. We stood the entire game. Um, and it was incredibly intense. Uh, I'm not even sure that my kids, my, my little guy would have to stand on the seat probably to be able to see the game. Nobody sits down at these playoff games. So we may watch it on TV, but... Uh, Go O's, despite the fact that this cup, as we've mentioned, makes no sense. Chewbacca saying, let the Orioles win. I have no idea why, uh, but anyway, go O's. Uh, apologies, my dog is upset at something happening on the on the street. Um, we should get down to business. Yes. Uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit before we, we, we started taping. You... I got the vibe for that you think that like the decay of American uh, society is upon us based on there are these recent scandals or semi scandals that have been happening in the political sphere. Well, look, I, you know, I think that this has been a long time coming. Uh, Donald Trump is evidence that politics is downstream from culture and, Oh, Bill's stepping away. Okay. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try hard not to, uh, not to edit this video so we can get it up quickly. So uh, let me just talk. Maybe I talk more about the Orioles. Great young players. Uh, Gunnar Henderson. Oh, Bill's back. You're back? Now I can't hear you. I, I cannot hear a word you're saying. I, I, I had muted because the dog wouldn't shut up. Oh, that's and, okay. And um, it, there was some ball that you couldn't get. That's why uh. I walked away. But I was, t- I was signaling you to keep talking. I kept talking. I was I was going to go through the uh, the Cedric Mullins, Gunnar Henderson, <laughs> Adley Rutschman. I could go on and on. Uh, this team is stacked. But Bill, let me answer your question about the decaying of our politics. And look, this is not a new phenomenon, right? Uh, there have always been bad behavior and, and, and bad actors in politics. And I think Donald Trump's Winning in 2016 is evidence uh, that our, our degraded and debased culture, uh, eventually politics may be a lagging indicator, but we eventually get the people we want. Bill Clinton, uh, a president who looks like America, who acts like America, uh, and Bill Clinton paves the way for Donald Trump, and here we are. But I do think that there are uh, at least four data points right now, Bill, um, that would maybe, I don't think it's... I think it's just a sign, uh, a symptom of a problem, right? So there's the Lauren Boebert vaping, groping, uh, do you know who I am (laughs) incident at the Beetlejuice performance in Colorado. Uh, There was a a, a Denver, a Democrat in this case, a a a candidate for the House of Delegates who uh, I guess she and her husband were involved in some sort of porn for pay video thing. Uh, which, by the way, seems quaint these days. It's with her husband. I mean, this is like, well, who was the candidate? Uh, Jerry's. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of who the candidate was. He was married to a famous actress uh, who ran against Barack Obama, and his big sin was taking his wife to a. Uh, oh, a it, was, it was a. It was a, the actress was Jerry Ryan, right? Yes. I've got the candidate's name now. How quickly we forget, yeah. but it's quaint these days. 
Uh, then you've got uh, John Fetterman apparently wanting to dress down and uh, the Senate kind of lowering its standards for senators in terms of how they dress. And then there's Christy Nome, the governor of South Dakota, who has allegedly been carrying on this extramarital affair with Corey Lewandowski, who's also married. Um, so anyway, uh, what what do you make of this bill? Well, I don't know if I see the the same connection here that you're seeing. I mean, I think each of these each of these incidences. I mean, one, I don't think Fetterman and the dress code is in any way related to the the, the sex stuff that we're talking about. Um, uh, I, I it's it's hard to know. Well, it's about lower. It's about lowering standards and decorum, Bill. Well, That's what it's about. Well, I don't think that the fact that in America we have a lot more business casual attire in the office is evidence of some sort of moral decay. Well, you uh, need to talk to George Will because <laughs> he has lectured me on wearing blue jeans, and he <laughs> believes that these are are you know. Very can these things are very much can. In fact, uh, uh, civilization itself may hinge on whether or not uh, you dress up for work. Well, I would say to George Will, Donald Trump dresses up to work, and what does that tell you about how important uh, attire <laughs> is to moral standards? Um, you know, John Fetterman hasn't done anything remotely scandalous uh, in his uh, public life. Uh, I, you know, maybe, it was a little, maybe he should have bowed out when he got the stroke. Uh, but uh, and you can complain about you know how how transparent he was, but we all knew he had a stroke. We we all. Well, I, I agree that these things one one of these things is not like the other three, right? These are not. Yeah. It's not perfectly analogous. Sure. Um, however, uh, if you look at it through the prism of like. Um, decorum and standards, then it, then you could make an argument that they fit together, right? And so like, for example, we might not have tolerated the behavior of a Lauren Boebert or a Christy Noem. I will say Democrats, unlike Republicans, are starting to distance themselves. So uh, I saw reports of Democrats distant, distant, distancing themselves from this candidate <clears throat> for the House of Delegates in Virginia. We've seen reports of dem other Democrats distancing themselves from the governor of New Mexico, not because of any lack of decorum, but because of this kind of unconstitutional move she made having to do with guns. Um, and so Democrats are actually policing their ranks. I mean, I guess that's well, where this well, falls well, apart because it's because it's Democrats who control the Senate who think that you could wear jogging pants on the Senate floor. I'm not, you may be more up in this than I am. I'm not aware of Democrats cutting Susanna Gibson loose in Virginia. I mean, there are some people still raising money for her. Uh, the Virginia legislature is on a knife's edge. Those elections are in November. Uh, you know, in that case, I think you're seeing a very common uh, pattern in political history, which is if candidate X is needed to retain power, you will look away at whatever transgression is involved, unless it's really, truly horrible. Uh, and you've seen, I mean, there's an article in my own Washington Monthly by my editor, Matt Cooper, arguing that this is consensual with her husband. Uh, there's there's no serious violation of law here. So it seems, I know some Republicans saying, well, she broke the law in terms of co collecting money for this because you get she was offering certain sex acts if you gave tokens to this website, which is not like a huge amount of money. It's a pretty like low grade mis 
prostitution misdemeanor, I would guess. What's weird to me, Bill, is I. it seems like this was recent, like at a yeah. time when she was maybe even raising money for her campaign. I'm not sure. But like this was not 20 years ago. This is not 10 years ago. That seems bizarre to me that she would have engaged in this sort of risky behavior which is public, right? This is not slut shaming. This mm. is not uh, revenge porn. I mean, she put this on the internet. Well, you know, she's arguing that is revenge porn to take the videos which were designed to be shown to users of this website and then leak it to the press. And so I believe she is uh, pursuing legal action to that. We'll see what Seems the judge says. Me. I don't know. Well, revenge porn is like you dated someone, you took a, a Polaroid of them, uh, and then they break up with you. Maybe I'm old school. <laughs> when I was single, it was Polaroids, Bill. Um, and then uh, they break up with you and then you're angry. So you put that on the Internet. Well, that's you know a classic I mean? example. I, I don't know enough about the specifics of the law here to know if she's got a good case. Or not. I just know she's making the argument. Um, in all these cases, what I, what, 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 is, what I don't know, I mean, you're talking about standards going down. There's two things that we don't know. One, will voters punish people for these acts? Um, uh, that's too early to say. Uh, and two, what did the particular office holders and candidates think they were doing at the time? Did they think they were doing something that they were going to get away with, that no one was going to find out about, uh, that they know it would cause political repercussions, but they think no, no one would know, uh, or they think, you know what? I think society is different in 2023 than it was in uh, yeah, 1972. Uh, and I can do these things without worrying about the consequences because I know that my people, my base isn't really going to care. But I, I think that, but this is assume that that's true, right? Different. I think that we could like, okay. So Lauren Boebert, um, high school dropout, uh, grandmother at the age of 36. Um, I Probably vaping marijuana, allegedly, I'm not sure. Publicly, in a musical, in public, that is not like Rent. This is a musical where children could have been at, family or, you know, it's Beetlejuice, right? Um, with, just divorced her husband, um, with a guy who owns a bar or nightclub that uh, apparently had some sort of trans, I don't know. Reading kind of drag, some kind of drag nut, I believe. Right. Like this is the Republican Party used to be pretty straight laced. Well, I mean, well even if we, this... we, have a, we have a long, long history of social conservatives in office being complete hypocrites. You yes. Know, under the cheats. Hypocrites because they did not live up to the stated values of their party. Right. Their, their, their crime was that they that they didn't do what was expected of them. Um, I think there may be, maybe Lauren Boebert is doing what is expected of a Republican these days, which which would apply the standards have been. Well, you know, I mean, Donald Trump was a, a known philanderer uh, and and we had the whole Access Hollywood incident right before the 2016 election that his voters didn't care about. So there's a lot of hypocrisy that's right, that's above the surface with the modern Republican party. Uh, and he, and since that election, I mean, the whole this whole uh, anti-trans uh, groomer accusations that have been pushed, they've been pushed much harder 
since 2016, Baybird has been on the on the tip of the spear of that. Uh, and so, you know, there's certainly, a, I think, a very legitimate Democratic critique is that you are creating anti-trans panic uh, and putting people's lives in danger uh, while at the same time uh, and, and claiming what what trans people are doing or, or what parents are doing with their trans children is harming society. And yet you're willing to go in public in a place where children could very well be present and engage in a sexual act publicly. Yeah. So, and groping, uh, the groping, right? I mean, um, which I guess is captured on video, which maybe that raises questions also about the surveillance state, about uh sex shaming and and all that who knows this is complicated but i do i do think that these you know a, a different they're not all equal of course but i do think that that this is a a convergence of uh data points that that suggest that we have lowered our standards and uh as matthew Continetti pointed out on the commentary podcast like uh, this is a reflection of us i think it's a lagging indicator but eventually our politicians represent who we are. We elected, I mean, her constituents, but people elected Lauren Boebert, you know, and then they reelected her very narrowly. Now, what's interesting is she apologized sort of, sort of. for her <laughs> behavior without copping to all the copping, all the copping. Um, and that tells me she maybe is now worried about reelection. Um, wait, I mean, she should be, I mean, she barely won last time, uh, and she's facing a rematch with a, with a, a pretty solid democratic candidate. Uh, but look, I, I, I don't think it's fair. The same guy who almost beat her last time. Yeah. I mean, again, what Susanna Gibson did in Virginia, a con- consensual act with her husband, uh, I don't think is, uh, and, and done for people who are willing to pay to see it. Uh, you know, it's not. Something, something that I do. It's a, I, I, I question the political acumen of her doing it, but I don't think it is a lowering of standards to be accepting that people have sexual desires separate from their public lives. Uh, I mean, some extent, it's an advancement of standard to say, you know what? People do stuff sexually on their own time. That's their business. And it should not affect how we judge their, their work and their public acts. Uh, now, if, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a different, uh, so I don't think that that's the same sort of lowering of standards than outright hypocrisies happening with someone like, like Babert or with Noam. I'm sure Noam has done plenty of, uh, self-righteous moralizing on these types of issues. Um, uh, but we could also say that if, if that kind of moralizing wasn't happening and like you're having an affair and like that's obviously not great from the standpoint of like being true to your marriage vows, but life is complicated, relationships are messy. So long as this is not affecting your work, now maybe because uh, Corey is a political operative, and they're doing some kind of business trips together. If there was some sort of intermingling with public funds, again, I'm not aware of this. This happened with Giuliani. Well, okay, she is trying to get Donald Trump's endorsement. She wants Donald Trump to pick her as his running mate, obviously. 
Maybe she still can be his running mate. Um, well, wait, but do you know who could help make that happen, Bill? Can Corey? Corey Lewandowski. Any? I don't know what kind of juice Corey has. Um, but she so probably as it's now. not affecting the public dime, we shouldn't care. Now, I do think when you are in public office, it might be very hard to carry on an extramarital affair without it bleeding into, you know, who's paying for what on a on a public trip. So it's probably not a good idea to have a fair while in office because those things can get very messy very quickly. Um, but I, I think we are advanced as a country for the most part to say, you know what, if it's on your dime and it's not illegal, uh, not my, not my business. Um, okay. but I mean, that, that's, that's a fair, that's a fair point. Um, but it, it's, a, the, the standards are changing. Certainly you're arguing that they're not, you're arguing that they're progressing, that they're becoming more progressive, more hip, more tolerant. I mean, that's, they have changed. that's the truth. I mean, they said there's a connection between Clinton and Trump. I don't think we got Trump because of Clinton. I think we got Trump because of things that happened internally in the Republican Party and their, and their frustrations. Um, but, you know, Clinton did set a new standard that if you're having an affair in and of itself, that is not enough to force you out of office. If I, I mean, you could argue that Clinton may should have been forced out of office because it was an exploitation to do this with an intern on on public grounds. That's that. But even the other that, thing that Bill Clinton set the standard for is if you are a president and you are involved in a scandal like that, your party and your team will circle the wagons around you. The feminists, if you're good on abortion, will defend you. Even if that makes them hypocrites. Well, you and know, I mean, I mean, I mean and, that, and, stand, that standard has changed. You know, Al Franken was shown at the door very quickly. But uh, Republicans you know, learned the lesson, though, Bill. Republicans are treating Donald Trump exactly the way that Democrats and feminists treated Bill Clinton. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, tr- Trump showed that even evangelicals don't really care about personal. Uh, sexual transgression, so long as it gets them what they want from the people they put in office. But I would argue that that's partly because they they made the argument, we made the argument that Bill Clinton should be impeached, that his behavior uh, showed a, a lack of character, a lack of judgment, and that it was impe- he should be removed from office for this behavior, including the power dynamic that we were talking about with the young intern. Um, and Democrats said, no, what really matters is that he's right on the issues, that Bill Clinton's our guy. He, you know, he might be a a predator and a philanderer, but he's good on our issues. And I think Republicans watched that and said, oh, that that's how the game's played. Apparently this must be how you win because they keep winning. So let's, let's do that too. They were were obviously willing to take it that far after the Access Hollywood tape. And that is... I think continued on uh, since, but Democrats, Democrats chucked Anthony Weiner. They chucked Al Franken. You know, I don't think they're willing to be like anything goes. Um, but I think I've seen more rallying around Susanna Gibson saying this was consensual. Her husband, this shouldn't uh, affect whether she can do the job as state legislature or not. I do have to leave soon. I know we're doing kind of a short show here, but you want to talk about Trump and his abortion comments. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'll go quick. Um, so basically he was on Meet the Press. Donald Trump was on Meet the Press. And um, he he basically came off very moderate. He criticized um, 
Ron DeSantis's, you know, six week bill abortion oh, ban caught it terrible. He Trump refused to say whether he thinks it's a federal or a state issue. He refused to come down sort of on where he would want, uh, you know, the standard to be, how many weeks should be allowable, 15 weeks. There's a lot of word salad in there, but I thought he was saying he would take he would do 15 weeks federally, which which seems to me to be honestly a very politically defensible uh, place to be, to be honest. And that's where DeSantis could have stayed before moving to the six week. So basically, uh, you know, uh, John Podhoritz, again, I'm referring to the commentary podcast. John Podhoritz said, like, this is the earliest any president has uh, pivoted to the general election. You know, Um, I think it's smart politics and we can put aside, you know, the actual substance of the issue, how you should feel about this if you're a pro-lifer. And clearly a lot of them are not happy. Um, but Trump is being smart. And I think he has the luxury of being able to do this pivot because he's up huge, bigly. So as a conservative, as a uh, person who, I mean, who, who treats abortion very highly in how he determines his own uh, voting choices, um, someone who's probably very familiar with the evangelical uh, pro-life community, you don't think Trump, do you think Trump loses any points in the primary for making this pivot early? I would be surprised. I just, I think they're with Trump and um, I think they think Trump is going to ultimately do what they want anyway, that, that he's being smart, he's playing a game. And maybe he is, by the way, I'm not saying he's not. But um, I don't think other Republican politicians would have been given this leash. They would not have had a long leash to say what Trump said, even if it's just BS, even if he's just saying it uh, to win the general. No other Republican would have felt like they had the, the liberty to say that. They would have felt obliged, clearly, to take the most conservative position and, frankly, you know, one could argue that, that Trump, by uh, by by refusing to allow himself to be pigeonholed to let them play the war on women card against him, may be in a position to do more for the pro-life community than like a Ron DeSantis, who, frankly, um, I think that that his six week ban would be uh, very challenging, at least according to everything we're seeing from these from the polls and, and from uh, the state ballot initiatives, that would be a tough thing for Ron DeSantis to to run on in a general election. I, I agree with you that I don't think this hurts him in the primary at all. Uh, Eva did knock off a point or two. Of he's up by you know 50 points, so that's not really going to make a big deal. Um, uh, if there's any place where it could, in theory, make a difference is Iowa, where the, where the caucus electorate is heavily evangelical. Uh, but... As it stands, those number the, the margin is pretty big. It, it just doesn't seem like evangelicals are placing abortion in the same place in their voting criteria as they did, or they just said, well, "You gave us the, the end of Roe v. Wade, Donald Trump, so say whatever you want now." Like you, you I've already yeah. got my quid pro quo out of you. Um, I don't think it is as simple for Trump to pivot to the center in the general as just doing it. Uh, 
you know, he might have the luxury to do it because he gets a lot of latitude from the base, but he still is very much on record, you know, on camera, say openly saying he wanted to overturn Roe v. Wade when he was a candidate in 2016, that he was that he was giving you a list of judges with the express purpose of doing so. He was even though he backtracked later, he did say on hardball that the woman should be punished uh, if if she got an abortion. You know, you can put all that stuff in TV ads ad nauseum. And it's not. And if you guys say, "Well, uh, well, I backtracked on that. Why? The, the, fact check that ad. I backtracked. You know, you, the, the video is the video. Uh, so, uh, but where's the video going to work? I mean, I don't think those ads really move the needle anymore. My take is, if you're a pro-abortion, pro-choice activist, you're never going to vote for Donald Trump, right? So that's not what this the, is. About. The question is, if you're a s- potential swing voter in Arizona, Georgia. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Um, We have seen in 2022 that abortion can be an effective attack weapon for Democrats after Dobbs. I mean, yeah. Against politicians, though? Against politicians uh, or on ballot initiatives? Well, we well, we certainly know ballot. I mean, ballot initiatives. I know, but what's interesting, though, Bill, is I think it's a different thing. I think there are people who will vote... uh, even in Kansas, right, and, and and ostensibly red states who will push back against these these ballot initiatives uh, and then vote for a Republican who's pro-life. Well, so, there's, in I, some cases, yes, but I do think that abortion helped Democrats with uh, the Arizona governor's race with Katie Hobbs and Carrie Lake. I think it helped John Fetterman versus Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. How do you disentangle, though? Carrie Lake's insane. And what? Donald Trump, I think the way to beat Donald Trump is to talk about how he basically wants January, January 6th, I think is much more compelling than. Well, it, 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 it is hard. I think Ron DeSantis is susceptible to the war on women. Stuff. It is hard to disentangle because we were talking about both those things in 2022. Um, but uh, it's not like Katie Hobbs didn't mention abortion on the campaign show. She really did. We, and we know in Pennsylvania when Dr. Oz said what he said about abortion in the in the infamous debate where John Fetterman, you know, had a terrible performance, was first extended public speaking appearances after his stroke. Uh, that didn't hurt Fetterman at the polls afterwards, because what did Democrats talk about after that that debate? Abortion, abortion, abortion. Uh, but I think we have some evidence that it is a factor in battleground states and close races. Uh, and they, it's not like Democrats are going to talk about abortion and not talk about democracy and not talk about January 6th and insurrection when Donald Trump is on the ballot in the general election. I think they can do both things. And Donald Trump can't just say whatever and not be forced to answer. I mean, assuming they have a debate with Joe, he has a debate with Joe Biden, which I think he would. Uh, I think the, the Trump's very eager to have a debate with Joe Biden. Uh, that's going to come up. Biden can can highlight those things and run the ads in concert with that. He's not going to have a clean ability to pivot. All right. You got to jump, right? Uh, I do. Um, I probably go for a couple more minutes if you want to okay. say one, one more thing or, or to shut down briefly. Uh, no, I uh, I uh, I think probably we disagree a little bit here. I think that um, this is smart for Trump. Uh, I think that when it I, I think that the big knock on Trump is going to be the chaos, the coups, the violence, 
Um, but I think he has this weird ability to be moderate and to attract moderates and not to fall prey to the temptation and the traps that orthodox conservatives fall into, right? And so I think entitlement reform is a classic example. Donald Trump doesn't care about the deficit. He doesn't care about debt. You can't demagogue social security cuts, pushing grandma off the cliff. And I think similarly with abortion, despite the fact that he nominated these three justices who overturned Roe, um, right now he's been consistent for weeks and months, thinking that uh, what DeSantis did is too harsh and that six weeks is probably not not a good I, idea. I think Trump would have been better off. It, I, mean, I don't think it helps Trump for abortion to be the issue that we're talking about in November 2024. Uh, so if he says things that invite responses and keep it above the fold, I don't think that is his best path to election. Uh, I grant you that Republicans do need to find a way to um, push this issue down the list because uh, it's not helping them. Uh, and so he's, he's sort of right on paper that they need to move away from the more extreme positions. But I think doing it in this kind of blunderbuss way invites more back and forth. Uh, I think he'd be better off saying, hey, I got rid of Roe so it could be held in on the state on a statewide basis. They're working out right now. Let the people decide. Uh, I'm focused on getting this economy back on track and stopping this runaway inflation. Uh, I think that would be uh, he he should want an election about inflation, not about abortion. Uh, and if he's inviting questions about what do you say now versus what he said later, and there's one other thing here. I don't put it beyond Democrats to run some ads in conservative areas in battleground states saying Donald Trump betrayed us. Uh, he doesn't want to have a, even a six week ban. Uh, and I, sure, the vast evangelicals are sticking by him. But I, I mean, Arizona, Georgia, these are like razor thin elections. Yeah, if that, that would be really like smart. 3,000 votes. Really smart to use it as a wedge issue. Um, and to targeted states, targeted, you know, phone calls, uh, whatever, uh, mailings to evangelical homes, quoting Trump um, and quoting what people are saying about Trump as well right now. Uh, you know, people who are like pro-life or prominent pro-lifers, what they're saying about oh, it. So that, said something. The Susan B. Anthony folks said something. I do have to jump now, though, Matt. That would be smart. All right. Uh Check us out at DMZ Show on Twitter. Coming soon to, to Stitcher, probably. Not Stitcher. What's it called? What is it called? What's the uh, what's the social media platform of your choice now, Bill? Oh, I, I mean, I'm trying to get on threads as much as possible. Threads. I'm, I'm waiting for Elon Musk to do this you know, monthly payment so I can say, I'm done. <laughs> no money for me. The threads all the way. So I I'll, think that's a bridge too far for me, too. I'll be on threads. Uh, well, I am on threads, but that's when we jump completely. Yeah. Uh, if Elon does that. But, you know, he's like Trump. He floats these trial balloons and who knows if it'll happen or not. It's unclear. Sometimes Trump floats his trial balloons and he follows through. So Sometimes, yes. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll see you back here on the DMZ next week. Have a good one, Bill. Take care.